historians will mark the end of one era and mark the beginning of another. T-E-T-C. The end times continue. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the end times continue. Uh, this is the second part of the last episode that was recorded uh, by myself, Dean, and Ace. And uh, this is also from the 18th of February. But uh, yeah, we, uh, we, we had a long conversation, and then it got even longer when we talked about one particular topic. And uh, that is the topic that is contained in the conversation here. I wanted to split them out because I wanted people to... Uh, intentionally choose to listen to this conversation because it is a it's a a deep one it's way in the weeds and um i i enjoyed it a lot so it's but i didn't want people to listen to the last episode and then get caught up in this conversation and and wonder what the hell is going on how do we get here uh and so it is uploaded as its own uh piece of audio uh in the feed uh as an addendum i guess to the last episode um and a conversation between ace and i about the uh, libertarian conception of the co-ownership or possible co-ownership of property. Um, so uh, enjoy it. Um, there was a there was another aspect of this, and boy, this is going to be a long show. There was another aspect of this. Um, that look, I'm I'm reticent to say it, but not really because I think it's fun. Um, yeah. I disagree with uh, Zulu's position, and I think your position, on co-ownership. I think you're wrong. Okay, yeah. All right, yeah. I think one Uh, of the arguments that was being made with regard to this is the idea that, from a libertarian perspective, you cannot have co-ownership of a scarce resource. Is that correct? uh, So you cannot have overlapping ownership with the like 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 you know what i mean like if, if someone wants to define co-ownership is like i own half the house you own the other half that's fine right in that sense um but you can't have ownership over the same thing specifically is would be Zulu's argument and my argument okay um um yeah i i disagree with that can you can you tell okay. me can you tell me why at bottom is this impossible Yes. So uh, I actually I actually used to hold your position, the position I think you're arguing from. Uh, I so like I, in fact, in the past have made arguments that I think I liked um, Roderick Long's uh, position on this. Um, I've since changed my mind, but I'll give you why I think this is uh, at, at bottom incorrect. So for libertarians. You um the the definition of ownership for most libertarians is the exclusive right to control something right uh, yes. a scarce resource um so if we say that like uh crusoe uh has a right to has the exclusive right over a stick uh then he can use it in any way he wants right um as long as he doesn't you know obviously if with the addendum that he doesn't damage other people's property or friday's property but let's say friday also we 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 say that friday also has owns the stick by the definition we laid out we're saying that crusoe has the exclusive right uh uh to own the to do with the stick whatever he wants and friday has the right to do whatever uh they want with the stick well if we say that then by libertarian standards 
for, I, I don't think there's any way you can resolve that without removing, or at least erring on the side of one of the owners to the exclusion of the other, which would violate their ownership claim under that definition. Okay, I understand. It, it, so it, in, order for, yeah. in order for ownership to be ownership, it has to be exclusive control. Yes, under a libertarian under the libertarian definition that I genuinely uh, think is correct, that's genuinely generally the libertarian definition. Yes. Okay. This is this is what I have a problem with. Okay. And I, uh, you mentioned Roderick Long. I haven't read what Roderick Long has written about this. This is I'm just off the cuff, sort of okay. my my issues with this. Okay. Exclusivity of control. This is something that, in my view, can be and is often contracted away. And, and, and there is nothing, I don't believe, unlibertarian about contracting that away. And I, and I believe this is the case because whatever scarce resource it is that you're talking about, if it falls under the sort of Rothbardian conception of alienable title to a resource then there is no reason that you cannot uh that you cannot uh contract away the exclusivity of your control does that make sense can you give me an example of how that like uh of like how that would happen i can um so my wife and i are uh opening our partnership our business mm-hmm. okay uh our our ag- agreement in opening this business together, leasing the property for the business, owning the uh, the the, uh, the 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 stuff that makes the business run, right? The the computers and all the things that we need to have this business that the business the business quote unquote will own, right? Um, our agreement is that we both control these assets, and if we were to come to a point where we cannot be of a mind on their use, it is incumbent upon us to either hash that out and come to an agreement or liquidate and split the proceeds. That's, that's how that works for a partnership. Yeah. Right. Um, um. And, 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 and in so doing, right. Uh, I, we have to, we, can be of a mind on how a resource is to be used. The problem is when conflict arises and when conflict arises right. that, that cannot be solved, then liquidation is the remedy. Yeah, I, I think, um, so one of the problems I see with that is that like why property rights are sort of a thing in general is to, um, adjudicate conflicts in a, what the libertarian would consider a justified manner, right? It, we we adjudicate a conflict where we, in the adjudication, it doesn't create more conflicts or open up the possibility of more conflicts. And what that means is, like, it, if, like, uh, you know, I'm the first person to grab the stick, if you, if you and I are, like, you know, wanting to own a stick, and I grab the stick and then you grab the stick later, um... Um, you know, if the, if you're awarded ownership of the stick, if a latecomer is awarded ownership of the stick, 
um, that's going to, you know, create conflict, but it's also going to, like, legally justify conflicts in the future. It's like, it's a conflict-assuring norm, right? As opposed to, if you adjudicate to the first owner, owner, that's to say that the the first, or the first user, I should say, the first user should win the conflict of of who gets to control the scarce resource in in any given conflict. With, with With your example... I do think, like, in contracts, you can come up with, like, sort of clever contracts that would say that, uh, uh, maybe not exactly in, in, in the way you were outlining, but, like, I, I can imagine the scenario where, um, um, if you said that, you know, we agreed to use this property in, uh, a cooperative manner, right, um, if any of us do not uh, or if, like, let's say one of us uh, wants to, if, like, let's say, okay, this is actually a better example, sorry. Let's say that we want to do something with our firm and uh, with the property in the firm. And any one of us who does something um, outside of that, like, sort of, like, enclosed um, ideal, that that um, that way of, like, let's say you want to, okay, well, let's say like this, right? Um, we've talked about this in the past about like, you know, you have some firms that, uh, are, um, promoting some social need as opposed to like, uh, trying to make the shareholders rich. Right. Um, sure. talk, I don't remember the exact, um, wording for that, uh, uh with the exact the, uh, public um, benefit corporation, I think. Right. Right. So let's say if you have some like public benefit corporation, um, you could have a contract where it says, okay, we're going to treat this as a sort of cooperative and any, like if, if, if any of us in here um, does anything that does not benefit uh, the public or, or society in some way, however that's outlined, the contract could stipulate uh, ownership defaults to this person, or you know what I mean. So you could you could swap around ownership in sort of like a hot potato sense, uh, where it, like in a general sense. Uh, like multiple people are owning it, but I, I don't think you could ha- say they're owning it at the same time. Exactly. Um, in, in your example, um, like the liquidization. I actually uh, let me pull up Zulu's screenshot or the screenshot I have for Zulu's thing. Yeah. So, um, do you want me to read from that actually? Because uh, yeah, go ahead. Because it it, it, or, it, okay. it it does a good job of kind of overarching giving the the position. Okay, yeah. So he he says, uh, and this is he's responding to one of the objections here. So companies are often forwarded as a counterexample to the thesis. It is said that multiple people can come together and own shares in a given enterprise, and thus communally own said enterprise. This counterexample is confused about what a company is. Men do not go out into nature and find companies which they then homestead. Rather, companies are specific relationships between men. They are constructed via a web of contracts. Just as a person cannot own a friendship or a marriage, they cannot own a firm, uh, not legally at least. The specific property being directed by the company must be owned by a single individual, perhaps the CEO or another such person. This does not mean the CEO can do whatever he wishes with the property. It may be the case that there is a contract such that if he uses the property for purposes contrary to the shareholder's voted upon goal, then the title to that property is transferred to some other person who then becomes a CEO. Uh, nowhere in such a conception is any property owned by, by multiple people. So that, that's sort of Zulu's position. Um, Except I, I don't think Zulu's right about that because what a share of a company okay. is is not a share of the company uh, qua the company. It's a share of profits. 
it, it entitles you to a share of the profit of the company. And if the company were to wind down, you would be entitled to a share of the assets liquidated from that winding down. It's not, it's not saying that a person who owns a share of the company has the right to go into, for example, if you own a share of Walmart, you don't get to walk into Walmart and walk out with, a, with soap and not buy it. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean that the assets yeah. are, are owned in that way. The assets are owned by, a, uh, by the uh, board, by management. Right, but I, I, doesn't that actually uh, go more to Zulu's point, though? Because in that sense, the, the the shares are just title transfers. Then, it, well, like, sure. I, I, what to, my 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 point there is not is that using an a corporation uh, as as the construction for this, I think is is not correct for that reason. But I think again, uh, the 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 partnership example, I think, is a more uh, is a better example to argue the point on, because I I, okay. I can see no reason that. Um, because again, a, a shareholder isn't isn't owning certain things. Like there, like there's very it's it's explicit what a share owner actually owns. Um, well, and I, I think I think this is important because I, I think I think people who talk about um, um, in the in the Hoppian sense when they say shares of private property, I think that's what they do mean. I think that they do think that that that's what they sort of mean. Like they, that's kind of how they conceptualize it as like, well, I have. You know, uh, uh, own a share of this pro- actual property uh, of the state, but I think so. I think that's kind of why he was using it in that way. But I could be wrong. Okay, uh, no, that, that, yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. That makes sense. Um, but I just think that I, I, my 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 general position is that I don't see the logical step that occurs that makes it so that um either my wife or I must be the exclusive controller of our partnership. I, I don't see. I don't see the logical step that makes that a necessity. Well, okay. Uh, when you say when you say partnership, and, and we're we're going to kind of have to get into the weeds here, and I so I apologize. No, it's totally fine. Totally like, fine. Very pedantic. The weeds is where um, this happens. Yeah. When you say partnership, what do you mean exactly? Are you talking about the specific property, or are you talking about sort of the arrangement? Because I think those are two different things, sort of. By the partnership, I mean the entity, the the entity that is made up of the assets. Okay, um, then this is this is something that I. Okay, in order to contextualize my view of this, I have to first explain a little bit of legal philosophy. So there are two ideas when it comes to partnerships. Um, partnerships, by the way, all businesses were uh, at one time considered to be partnerships until by statute, they started to create limited liability partnerships, limited liability, limited partnerships and LLCs, uh, corporations. Um, before that, all businesses were partnerships. The, the people who were, uh, who controlled who the people who had control of the, of the company were, um, were partners in the company. The partnership is Mm -hmm. a, is a relationship between um, two or more individuals in running a company that uh, they they all have basically an equal ownership of the company. And that's why I don't think using corporate shares is necessarily the best representation of this, because a corporate share is not the same as being a, a an actual part owner of the company it, as it would be in a partnership. Um, this is why I think partnerships are better for this. So. The partnership is the relationship between the people 
and among the people who control the actions that are taken with the business's assets. There are two legal theories that grow out of this. One is that a partnership is an entity. A business is an entity. That this is a thing that that can be interacted with separate and apart from the partners who make it up. The other is the concept that the entity is the partnership and thus is the partners. Okay? Okay. I, yeah. I subscribe to the latter view. I think that a partnership... Okay, Yes, a, a, a business, the, the, a partnership is not an entity unto itself. It does not have existence or right. personhood apart from the relationship between the partners. Therefore, the partnership is the partners. That is what it is, right? So, mm-hmm. so my, that's, that's, that's my view on it, right? And so when I say our partnership, what I'm referring to is this agreement that we have to share control of the property. That's that's what a partnership is. Okay, yeah. I, and again, I, I think in the basis of, there's nothing, so when we're talking about like property rights, there's really no point in, in even bringing up property rights if like there's agreement, right? It's only specific, to, it's only like important to talk about them if on the assumption that there's conflict, right? So like if on the basis of like both of you agree to like, you know, use this property uh in a cooperative sense there's nothing like th- that's not impossible right um but i i think what what the idea of collective ownership means um is specifically like let's say uh this is easier talking about just like a, a, a simple item like let's say an apple or a stick let's say uh you and lady jane both own the apple uh and by ownership i mean you both exclusively uh, have the right to control the apple. Well, when you have a scenario where, um, let's you, if we're saying you both own the apple, and one of you acts in a contradictory manner, right? I mean, I like there, there's a contradiction that occurs, which is that you know there's contradictory actions. You want to eat the apple; uh, she wants to save it for later. Um, both of these things cannot happen at the same time, right? You, they're, they're contradictory actions. Right. Um, the only way that, whether the apple gets saved, if, the, if Lady Jane wins and the apple gets saved, then your, own, your, exclu- your right to exclusively control it has been violated under that definition. Now, maybe if you, ch- if you change the definition of ownership, there wouldn't, be, there wouldn't necessarily be a contradiction here. But I'm... I'm approaching this from the basis of exclusive control um i i think another another thing that could you could um think about is so another response maybe that could rebut my point here is contracts right so you could say that um we're you guys both agree to use the apple towards a certain end and the first person to use it not towards that end uh loses title to it or something like that. That is that um, is very close to how actual partnership contracts work. Yeah, I, I don't think that's I, I don't think that's um I, I would not say that is the same as uh collective ownership because um the reason why is con and libertarian theory of contracts contract is derived from pro- from property. So you can't have a contract determining uh, the qualities of owner. I mean, so this is going to get kind of confusing. So I want to 
think about my words carefully here. You can, the qualities of what a thing becoming owned, it happens prior to a contract. Prior to a contract, a contract for libertarians implies that there is already some type of ownership, right? You have to be able to have title to transfer it under a libertarian theory. Yes. And you can come up with terms of how you can transfer that title and under what conditions, right? You can, like, innumerable, innumerable amount of, like, variations of contracts you can, like, think of and uh, generate. Yes. Um, but whether something is co-owned is a, a question that is answered prior to a contract uh, being formed, would be the argument. Um, okay. All so right. I, I, I think I see what you're saying. So the idea is that there must be an original owner prior to the, the uh, resource being um, uh, contracted out. Like, uh, some type of like contract that stipulates like where the title goes in the future. Okay. All right. Um, and, but, I, I think as so, a matter of functionality, that's probably true. But that doesn't necessarily invalidate the agreement to cooperative control of a resource. Well, okay. So one of the problems is, uh, as far as like contracts go, because I, I, I know you know this, so I don't mean to come across as well. No, like, but it's necessary to, to cover the bases and stuff because not yeah. everybody has is this autistic. <laughs> so when you live here in theory, uh, there's no like. For contract, there's no specific performance, and Kinsella has even gone so far to say is it's impossible to violate a contract. He has an argument for that that I'm not going to get into now. But um, <laughs> uh, um, and uh, but because there's no like specific performance, it's not like you're legally justified in a libertarian sense in force. Like if both of you want to use the firm to a specific end, and um, and one of you doesn't. It's not justified to force you to use the firm to that specific end. What would happen in a libertarian contract scenario is one of you would just lose the title to it if the contract was laid out like that. Like if the contract is laid out like we are, we're going to use the firm towards this end, and anyone who doesn't use and whoever like uses these resources, uh, um, like loses like contractual rights to to the firm in the future or yes. something like that. In general, in um, general, the way that that would function under a partnership contract would be that um, one of the partners could basically choose to walk away, and they would be compensated for their whatever proportion of the partnership they are uh, they represent. So the agreement would be well if if we come to if if let's just say you have a partnership of five people. Um, four of the people want to use the assets one way, one of the people wants to use it the other way. Well, it would be in the contract that if someone is outvoted that hard and it's enough for them to not assent to the, the sort of the, the, uh, the, the, what the other partners want to do with the asset, they can be bought out that, that they can be removed and, and can be, uh, compensated for their share. Okay. Yeah. So you could. Um, come up with some type of contract in a libertarian view where uh, like everyone sort of like you could make it so that um, you're owed certain amounts of money or, or some type of title 
if uh, the contract is violated in a certain way, right? Obviously, that's a that's a very obvious uh, way you could do it. So, like, let's say um, uh, five people, or let's say that uh, there's a person who owns a like a house or something, right? And they invite four other people in to live in the house, and essentially, what could happen is that you could write the contract in such a way that uh, it's treated in some sense as if you know. Uh, they're allowed to be there and you have, you know, they can't be kicked out. But, but the owner technically still would have the right to kick them out. But, but here's where the contract comes in. You could make it so that if the owner did kick them out in the contract, then the title would transfer to the person who got kicked out and then they couldn't be kicked out. (laughs) So you could sort of, uh, in some ways, uh, create a contract where you're uh, you're sort of simulating what might be called collective ownership but i still don't think that's the same thing as actually having collective ownership you're essentially just swapping titles so the reason i think you know um uh i guess i i'm gonna ask you a question actually yes uh, okay since maybe this will be a little more productive if you accept that uh the definition of ownership is the exclusive right to control a resource mm-hmm. how can two people have that right given that they can come into contradictory ends? Because I don't see exclusivity as necessarily referring to an individual actor. I think, I think that you can, when, when, oh, okay. when people say exclusive, right? They say exclusive control. Okay. I'm, I'm with you on that in the sense that to the disparagement of all others, I control this thing. Right? Like, regardless of all others, I control this thing. But if I were to say, uh, um, you and I control this thing, to the the exclusion of all others, you and I control this thing. Mm -hmm. Well, that's still exclusive. Okay, I see. Um... It's funny. You're making army. I actually, I originally opposed uh, Zulu's argument against this, and I actually made an argument uh, very similar to this. And and truthfully, I'm not sure where I still land on this argument. So, uh, sort of my my old argument would have been that I do. I used to think groups people you could own something as a set, sort of what I would call set ownership. Sure. And like, let's say A through Z own own the stick, right? My argument would be no, no one person owns the stick. The set owns the stick. And that would have been my argument in the past. Um, in which case that no one person could use the stick unless it was unanimously uh, decided that the stick was going to be used in a certain way. So I, I think, I don't know where I fall on that, but I think if you're going to go that route, you would have to be in... The the idea would be if if we accepted that it is possible, which I, I'm not I, I'm not necessarily saying, but if we asserted that, I, I think where that would land you is that uh, if two people owned an apple, let's say, the you would have to be unanimous in how it was used, or else well, that you is, couldn't that, use I mean, it at all. Yeah, that's generally the rule. Is that is that like for example, let's say that that. Um, Let's say this. Let's say Lady Jane in our in our legal partnership were to say, uh, "Yeah, I, I took on a client. We're doing the case pro bono, and it's it's the kind of case that it's going to take us hundreds of hours. I mean, there's no reason for us to be doing this pro bono. We're going to lose so much money doing it pro bono. Mm-hmm. 
if I were against that enough, I could just break the partnership. And I get my half of the stuff, and the, the firm is done. You do that case if you want to. I want no part of it. Okay. On the... In the, in the scenario where, uh, like, uh, you break and then, uh, like, you get, like, these liquidated assets, right? Uh, is, is yes. That how I, is that? Okay. Yeah, that, um, would be, that would be the agreement of the, that would be sort of the, the, the agreement that we make when we form the partnership. Okay, yeah. Uh, that, uh, and I, you obviously know this, uh, but that would be um, just a, a contractual title transfer depending upon like if a condition was met right like if the conditions yes. met that you break off uh the, the contract stipulates you get x amount of this right yeah there's nothing wrong there's nothing impossible about that right and and i don't think zulu is saying that's impossible well no but my my um, problem is that at bottom and that that is absolutely what's happening it is it is a contractual title transfer we agree that that however the value of the business is calculated Okay, and we would agree on how that's calculated. The property representing that value, whether it be money or even solid assets or whatever it is, gets divided. Okay, that's yeah. It's mm-hmm. a it's a it's a contractual agreement to exchange title. Absolutely. Um, my problem is that does that invalidate the idea that we both held title up until that point? I think I, I think there's a difference, and again, this might not be satisfactory, but I think there's a difference between like uh, holding title in terms of a contract uniting uh, like people over a resource in the sense that like um, if we have a contract on how we're gonna like uh, how this resource is to be used in some manner, right? Um, uh, I think you can have two people on a title in that sense, but I, I don't think that means necessarily that both is like exclusively owned by, by at the same time by both. I, I think that if the, the reason that Zulu and I to some extent believe that collective ownership is impossible is because it, it would essentially violate, uh, well, it would, it would, um, like conflict would be unavoidable, right? So obviously, like mm-hmm. if there's conflict where an owner and a latecomer come into conflict, libertarianism would regard the like the first the first user is the owner and the latecomer is the conflict initiator, right? Yes. If both people are essentially owners, then libertarianism has no way to to adjudicate that outside of contract awarding title to one or the other. Uh, but that contract has to already be in place um, to uh, like uh, adjudicate that um, because libertarianism itself cannot could not adjudicate two owners of the same thing, um, in my view, um, unless unless uh, it was somehow possible for uh, and maybe this is maybe, you know, this is actually one of the arguments that I, I probably need to think more about and I'm not entirely um, um, sure of. But unless it was the case that you could essentially have a stalemate ownership where um, you where neither party could use the resource unless in a unanimous agreement at, towards the same end. Um, 
I think that's in my view, because of the way that I see a partnership, because I do not see a partnership as an entity unto itself, but rather as the result of the relationship between the partners and, and, and existing only in that relationship whereby the, the partnership is the partners. You know what I mean? Um, because I see it that way, that to me is, um, I would go so far as to say implicit in the agreement to form a partnership that, that you, it is, it is implicit in that agreement that should conflict arise over the resources of the partnership that has to be handled in a way that is that, that you have to effectively, if you have divisible title, let's say you have divisible title, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Because I'm not, I'm not sure if libertarian theory has talked about this much, but the idea of divisible title in the sense that you can have multiple people who own title to a thing. They, they, they each have the rights. You mean they have a percentage or like the, like, like I, I own one half of the stick, you own the other half or that is uh, a, that is the most reasonable way to think about it. But what it's really more like the Christian Trinity where it's like, we all have title to this. (laughs) I know we all have full title, but we each represent only our uh, only our per hour, if you want to say percentage of that title that we do represent, but every one of us has full rights of ownership. Okay. Like that's, that's, that's sort of the way that I'm saying. So in, in implicit, I think in, in the agreement to form a partnership is the agreement that should the partnership dissolve or need to dissolve, or should all of the partners agree and one be the odd man out and decide to leave. Um, or, or be removed or kicked out or whatever it is that whatever proportion of ownership that is represented has to be compensated. That's what that is. You know what I mean? I would say that that's implicit in the agreement to make a partnership. Well, I, I think, you know, as far as like the title transfer goes, I, I think that, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying, of course, that, you know, um, in any type of agreement, uh, if one party like backs out, uh, if if you were like united in agreement or in a partnership where the firm was directed towards this one end, and one of the parties, uh, you know, violated that or something, and then walked out, and then there was a title transfer to some to some manner after that, um, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Um, because it, it's still a, a, a tra- it's still a transfer of, of, of title, which is perfectly fine. But I, I still think that the, the thing I'm quibbling with is that, and, and, and the in the way you describe divisible title, I think that has logical problems in the same way I think the Trinity does in, in Christianity. <laughs> um, I, I don't think it makes sense to say that you have full title, that each person has full title. But there's only, you're only, uh, like, you only, I can't even speak about let it. Let me describe it, it this way. Let me, let me, let me, I think, because okay. I think I did describe it poorly. Let's say. No, 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 I. I let's say you take exclusive title, all right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. let's say that you agree, all right? You, you have this idea of exclusive title. Let's say you agree to make it contingent title. Yeah. And now you have an agreement among all these people that their that every single one's title ship title interest is contingent. Mm-hmm. And so they all do have full title and full rights of title 
insofar as they are uh, appropriately in line with those contingencies. Should those contingencies, should, should they, they fall out of line with those contingencies, now title transfers away from them and whatever's supposed to happen in that result, oh, okay. uh, in that results. But, but it's, it's less, it's less like, but, but in, in that case, no, no one of them has exclusive title as to the others. They all have contingent title and their collective contingent title is exclusive as to anyone else. Does that make sense? Okay, I there's something analogous to this in like libertarian contract theory, which is that um, you can have conditional ownership through contracts where, um, like, let's say if, if uh, A sells his house to B, right, A could stipulate in the contract that B has ownership, they can do what they want with the house, but if they, if they paint the house orange, then transfer will revert from B to A. Again. Yes. Yeah, uh, that would be right. Yeah. Um, so you, that that's perfectly fine. But in both in that case, it, we wouldn't say it is at least in traditional libertarian understanding that even though A had a condition upon which the title would be reverted, that A still owned the house after um, B after he sold it. Sure. Um, so that's yeah. But but you can still do that. You can still have like a conditional type of ownership through contract. Um, that's what I'm that's kind of what I'm describing is that like I don't see why I do not see why the conception of title especially with regard to property that Rothbard would say is alienable. I don't see why you cannot form a coalition of contingent title holders who mm-hmm. exclusively own title among themselves but to whom but uh, against whom each each other's claim is contingent. Mhm. Does that make sense? I, I don't. I don't. I don't see that as being anti-libertarian theory at all. I, hmm. I would still say that in the case of, yeah, I guess I'm still stuck on. Uh, uh, I mean, I, sure. I, I think if you if you were to say that, you know, two people could have uh, it. It makes more sense to think of it like so, and I think you you agreed with this earlier. Like, uh, I, I think it's inherently contradictory to say both A and B have exclusive have, have the exclusive right to use it. But I, I but but if A and B formed a set, and the set had the exclusive right to use it, if the set A B had exclusive right to use it, um then they could. I, I think that makes more sense, and I, I know that may be confusing to well, a lot no, of people. But they, it, they it, it makes sense because we think ex- exclusive as in definitionally exclusive to the, to the exclusion of all others. Um, but when I'm, when I'm thinking of the word exclusive as an exclusive control, I mean to the exclusion of some. Hmm. Like, it's, it's, it doesn't have to be literally everyone else. You can have... Uh, I think you can share exclusivity if that makes any sense. Because it is, it is still exclusive in the sense that it is to the exclusion of all who are not part of this group. And, and furthermore, as to, as to the relationship between the two, uh, (laughs) it's a contradiction in terms, co-exclusive holders of title, right? As mm-hmm. to as to their relationship to one another, titles contingent. 
Mm-hmm. As an example, we may have uh, we may have a married couple who co who oh, both have title literal literal piece of paper title to a home. And it's that, but that, that, that co-exclusive, again, a contradiction in terms, ownership of the home is contingent upon the relationship. And if the relationship were to go away, the home would either be liquidated or one person would be bought out, bought out of half of their interest or whatever it is. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's a libertarian problem with that, how, how it's formulated right there, right? Like, like there's nothing wrong with like having some type of, of uh, co-partnership in the sense of, you know, um, if this, uh, you know, um, it, while this is had, like, if the marriage breaks apart or something, then the title will transfer to, you know, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's 50, 50 or something. Uh, if, if it breaks up, then the, you know, 50% of the assets get liquidated and turned into transferable title to the wife and then to the husband or, you know, whoever, sure. um, or to a third party. I and they both take title to half of the money, <laughs> half of the value that's represented by the house. Yeah, or two or three, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I think um, uh, with, with Zulu's point, it, it would be that um, because contract theory arises from uh, property ownership, uh, from from like uh, you know pre-contractual property ownership, contract theory cannot contradict the normative basis for that property. So if you can't have a, for example, if you cannot have um, collectively owned property prior to a contract, then you can't have one with a contract either because it, because it, it's the contract theory is deduced from property theory, from like uh, the norms of property ownership in the first place. That's sort of um, why I have a problem with it is because, okay, so let's, if we go to the core of property theory, if we go to homesteading, yeah. okay. Say my wife and I go out in the middle of nowhere and we start a homestead and we, co- we the two of us start a homestead and we, we, we have this, this thing that we're developing together. I, I do not see how that such a project as that can result in a single title holder. Yeah, so this is actually Roderick Long's argument. Uh, it's it's funny. Um, his his argument is like um, imagining like a bunch of people walking along a trail um, over time, um, and essentially all of them, um, not one of them made the trail, but all of them together through their collective effort sort of makes the trail um, over time. And uh, his argument is that they all have a, essentially an ownership claim in it. Um, I actually pulled up Zulu's seems I I didn't want to misrepresent his argument here. Um, let me find the exact specific spots. He actually tackles Long's um, um, Long's argument. Um, oh sure, I, okay, I, I so don't yeah. mean to. I don't mean to misrepresent either. If 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 oh, I'm no, misrepresenting I anything right. Zulu's saying, or or if Zulu has a a, oh, a no. sort of response to it, I'd love to see it because I'm I'm I don't think Zulu is dumb or or any of these other things. I just no. I just I no, I, I, I don't agree I with this. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's fine. I also wasn't meaning to imply that you were misrepresenting. I was saying I didn't want to misrepresent his his position. Yeah. Well, um, I don't want to. I don't want to give the impression either that you represent Zulu in this argument. I'm 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 I'm, oh, yeah. I'm having the conversation with you, right? Zulu's thoughts are right. his. Yeah. I, I but I did want to piece. I, I did want to. I, I was wanted to make sure I got this right before saying this because I didn't want to like uh, say it and get it wrong. Sure. Yes. Um, this is from uh, Zulu. 
Uh, and he's talking about Roderick Long. He's responding to Roderick Long's uh, part that I kind of just paraphrased. Um, so Long provides two cases that he sees as legitimate group property. One, where a group communally mixes their labor with an object in nature. And two, where a man transfers ownership to his private property to a group in common. Um, the issue with one is that Long relies on a faulty labor theory of property. It is not mixing labor with land that imbues a man with ownership as we have seen in its, uh, as we have seen it is the nature of scarcity given rise to the potential for conflict, which implies property rights. To demonstrate the failure of this theory more thoroughly, allow me to quote Kinsella at length, and this is now Kinsella speaking, or typing, whatever. Um, (laughs) As noted before, some libertarian IP advocates, such as Rand, hold that creation is the source of property rights. This confuses the nature and the reasons for property rights, which lie in the undeniable fact of scarcity. Given scarcity and the correspondent possibility of conflict in the use of resources, conflicts are avoidable and uh, conflicts are, oh wait, sorry, I, I completely misread that. Conflicts are avoided and peace and cooperation are achieved by allocating property rights to such resources. Uh, and the purpose of property rights dictates that the nature of such rules. Uh, for if the rules allocating property rights are to serve as objective rules that all can agree upon so as to avoid conflict, they cannot be biased or arbitrary. For this reason, unowned resources to be owned, homesteaded, or appropriated by the are to be owned, homesteaded, or appropriated by the first possessor. Um, the general rule then is that ownership of given scarce resource can be identified by determining who first occupied it. There are various ways to possess or occupy resources, and different ways to demonstrate or prove such uh, um, occupation, depending upon the nature of the resource and the and the use to which it is put. Thus, I can pluck an apple from the wild and thereby homestead it, or I can fence in a plot of land for a farm. Uh, it is sometimes said that one, um, one form of occupation is forming and creating the thing. For example, I can sculpt a statue from a block of marble or forge a sword from raw material, or even create, quote-unquote, a farm on a plot of land. We can see this example. Uh, we can see from these examples that creation is relevant to the question of ownership of a given, scarce, of a given quote-unquote, created scarce resource. Um, such as a statue, sword, or a farm, only to the extent that the act of creation is an act of occupation or is otherwise uh, evidence of first occupation. However, creation itself does not justify ownership in things. It is neither necessary nor sufficient. Uh, One cannot create some possibly disputed scarce resource. I think we've actually talked about that on a previous episode. Um, uh, One cannot create a disputed scarce resource without first using the raw materials used to create the item. But these raw materials uh, themselves are scarce, and either I own them or I do not. If not, then I do not own the resulting products. If I own the inputs, then by virtue of such ownership, I own the resulting thing into which I transform them. Um, Consider the forging of a sword. If I own some raw metal, because I mined it from uh, the ground I owned, then I own the same metal after I have shaped it into a sword. I do not need to rely on the fact of creation to own the sword, but only on my ownership of the factors used to make the sword. And I do not need the creation to come to own the factors, since I own the I um, I can homestead them by simply mining them from the ground, and thereby becoming the first possessor. On the other hand, if I fashion a sword using your metal, I do not own the resulting sword. In fact, I may owe you damages for trespasser conviction. And, and this is is kind of a he um, Zulu's getting to his point, so there's a little more here. Okay, that's um, right. This is from Zulu. Now. Um. Um, Long's second case, where a man transfers title to his property, 
uh, to some group fails on the grounds that it does not resolve the contradiction, therefore making the contract invalid. Contract theory uh, uh, will be elucidated in a future lesson, so I will not explain the point too deeply here. Just note it will be seen, contract theory arises from property theory, and therefore you cannot have contracts which allow for contradictory property claims. Uh, Long is essentially putting the cart before the horse here. Um, a further potential solution for group property rights is the polycentrist solution. The polycentrist law... Uh, to, oh, to the polycentrist, law in the libertarian society is decided by reference to competing arbitrators. Uh, these judges could settle disputes and thus determine the arrangement of property. So for our above theory from A to Z, all collectively owning a stick, they could simply have, uh, or they could simply have to go to some judge to decide who has just possession. The problem with the fir- uh, the problem with this is first that it is confused about the nature of law. Justice cannot be decreed by man; rather, it depends on the normative structure of argumentation. And second, uh, the contradiction is still not resolved. If the judge rules in favor of A, B did not own the stick, and vice versa. Um, companies are often forwarded as a counterexample. Okay, this is the part I've I've already read. Um, but what what Zulu's so in his first example, right? Um. If if the homesteading theory of property is labor dependent specifically, right? Um, in your example, where uh, like uh, you and Lady Jane make like a, a homestead or something, right? Yes, I, I think in in that scenario, it, it would be the case that you would actually specific, you would individually own the parts you provided uh, in building like a cabin specifically. Um, hmm. Okay. We, um, so that is one one distinction between um, the type of like you wouldn't co-own the things you would merely own um, what like the the very things you provided. But then there's still the question of um um in terms of like scarce resources, right? Uh, now this does get tricky because the the um, the, the immediate <laughs> issue that I see with that is that the that may say something about the home. But the homestead itself includes the land, and the fact that both of us have have incorporated that land into the project of having a homestead. Mm-hmm. How is that divisible? In that sense, right? Does that make, do you know what I mean? No, I I, I get what you mean. Um, I I think in in regards to the homestead question, um, it, it would be the case of, um. So I I think uh, in this scenario, right? So there, there's a, a there's some libertarians who believe passive use generates an ownership claim, right? Where like just um, someone just merely walking down a trail, an unknown trail, uh-huh. um, homesteads in some sense. Um, I, for for other libertarians, uh, it, it would be the case where. It's not merely enough to just passively use something. You have to actually direct it toward uh, uh, some intentionality, some type of end, um, where you make it you make uh, it clear, like an intersubjectively ascertainable claim to other people that, hey, this is mine, I own it. So, in a scenario where, like, let's say you and Lady Jane are both uh, walking along this, like, using the same like land in some sense it, it i i think and no i i don't have i'm not 100 percent sure of zulu's answer but i can i i can guess that he would say something to the effect of the first one to actually put like intentionally claim that they were the 
owner of the specific plot would actually have the higher claim um or like it, or the first user right so like let's say if i walk down a trail right this this is actually probably an easier example let's say i walk down the trail but i have no intentionality of actually owning it right um and then tomorrow i i see the another person has walked down the trail but then they've set up like you know like uh wooden gates and stuff like that um it, if you believe that passive owner, if you can believe that you can come into ownership just passively, um, then it would seem that that per, the, the first walker's uh, uh, ownership claim is being violated because he's now being stopped from craw- using the, um, the the trail, right? But if if it's correct that the owner is the first one to actually make a landed claim uh, physically, like uh, of the scarce resource then that person was merely just a was a user of it and wasn't actually like staking down an ownership claim like people can just like you know uh, like because if the passive ownership claim is correct do i own the footprint specifically the perimeter of my footprints when i like walk down that's kind um, of the thing right is that if you if we break it down enough let's say that as we're building our homestead let's say lady jane is planting uh is is planting cucumbers in a in a patch Mm -hmm. of land and I am building the fence around what will be the land that is below our homestead. Um, does that mean that the patch of land under which she's planting cucumbers, that's hers, and the the land beneath the posts that I'm driving into the ground is mine? Is is that I think that I think that probably yeah, I think that probably is the case. Uh under like as, as, under Zulu's uh um his understanding. Hmm. Well, if, if that's what it is, if that's, if that's the answer, that's fine. I'm just, I'm, I, I wonder, yeah. I wonder about why is that better? Okay. Just theoretically, why is that better under, for, for any libertarian reason than simply recognizing the existence of a contingent, co- of a, of contingent title where if, cool. if two people into an, enter into a project together, there's no latecomer. If two people enter into a project together, each holds contingent title to that project, the contingency being the ongoing use for that project. Um, well, I, I think because, um, one of the libertarian problems with it is that uh, like, if you have a contract that says that determines uh, you know, what is to be done with the title um, under certain conditions, uh, that doesn't escape the the libertarian problem of if two th- if two people can own the same stick in whole, right? Not just like one person owns half and the other person owns the other half, but both people own the stick in whole. Um, uh, and both people you want to use the stick for contradictory ends at any given time, then there's no libertarian way to actually resolve that problem because libertarianism uh, defaults to the owner gets it, not the latecomer, right? Well, um, sure, but I'm I'm in in what I'm presenting. There's no latecomer. I mean, not functionally. I mean, and 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 probably not even really. Uh well, I, I think that it, so it. But aren't you already assuming, in some sense, that there's that it's cooperatively owned to say there's no latecomer, right? Sure. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is I'm 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 
uh, that the, the question that I'm ultimately asking is, how can libertarian property rights, okay, libertarian property theory, why does it um, uh, reject the possibility of the creation of contingent title between co-owners, assuming that the asset or the, the, the resource is um, homesteaded by them and incorporated into their project. And the, of, of course the, 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 then the contingency of the title would be that it is being used for the project. Does that make sense? In the same oh, I, way that an yeah, individual gains title. Uh, I, I, well, I would say that the reason that's different is because, uh, I don't think that, I think you could say that towards like, uh, you know, in some sense, it, it at least makes more sense to me that a, a contract, you could say this in regards to like, there's this resource, uh, we're all going to use it toward, uh, you know, if we're in a partnership, we're going to use it towards this end. Um, I, even then, I think, you know, there's still a single owner, but there's still at least consequences if the owner violates his uh, agreement. Um, but I, I think why in libertarian theory, uh, why that's a, a big problem is um, uh, the reason for property rights is to uh, reduce or, or to um, adjudicate conflicts in a justifiable manner in which in which we reduce the um, um like if I give the like for example the, why the latecomer can't be the owner of something is because that creates conflicts that that will continually generate conflicts it, it, ownership would sure. be, would it would necessitate conflict because the first user uh, or the the first claimant of of a specific thing um is constantly being conflicted over the latecomer and if we give the ownership to the latecomer and, and all that so if you wanted to say that well people just come together. And they have an ownership claim in this thing towards this directed end. That would that that seems to that would the, the reason why I think that can't be the case is that would require communication, and not and communication is not a, a necessary component of of property, right? You would all have to sit down and agree that it, this specific thing is going to be used towards this specific end. I don't think it necessarily uh, is, but what I'm, what, what my, 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 where I hesitate with this is that the, for example, th there is no title created in this piece of property yet, right? It's, it's, it's unowned. If, if, okay. if we go and decide that we own it and incorporate it into our project, I don't see how we haven't... It seems as if there's assumed to be a step where there's an individual title holder uh, in order to get to sharing title or contingent title between two parties. I don't, I don't see that step as necessary. If, you're, if your agreement is that we are going to homestead this piece of land, it seems to me that the contingent title is created as to one another immediately upon your embarking on that project and it is exclusive title as to literally everyone else on earth but it is contingent as to one another does that make sense i i see yeah i see where you're going with this i i think that uh the main sticking point for me would still be if 
if like let's say uh, you and I wanted to like homestead uh, like a specific piece of land, but let's say let's say we haven't communicated, right? Let's say we just uh, um, you wanted to um, uh, like uh, let, let's just say like uh, you know uh, I don't know a, a couple square yards or something like that, right? Um, if we say that this patch is both ours at the same time. Uh, like we could say that, like we could verbally say that. Um, but I don't necessarily think because we both agree to that, that that actually is the case it is kind of what I'm getting at. If we were uh, to, even if we, okay. But, so I, I see what you're saying. If we were to spontaneously go to the same place and, and, yeah. and begin establishing uh, a homestead, you and I, if we were to, to spontaneously go to the same place and begin establishing a homestead, and we're both just cool with the fact that we're going to live on the same piece of land or whatever, yeah. um, and there has been no prior communication about who owns what or 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 how the title is divided between the two of us, yeah. I I can see that theoretically, but I also don't see how we wouldn't just immediately come into conflict over who owns what. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't see how if we were to spontaneously do that, I don't see how we would be able to, I don't see how we would be able to do that project without communication. Without communicating and dividing title in a reasonable way. Does that make sense? No, I, I I, no, I, I see what you're saying. I, I mean, I, of course, like, I think, you know, l- l- lack of communication would lead to conflict. Uh, but I, but but the point I, I'm kind of making here is that regardless of what, in some sense, uh, like our initial, like, um, maybe unspoken agreement to sort of use it uh, uh, collectively, regardless of that, there is still under libertarian analysis a first user or a first claimant of a specific patch like like when we like when we talk about like property right sometimes we can we can sometimes think about things with like um predefined borders and then like if i well if i just stick myself in the middle of this plot then i own you know the, the whole thing in the arbitrary border but but really in, in like even with my example with like the few square yards if we're just like i'm like i'm making a garden you're like building this like little uh home and stuff um yeah, my my position would be that well, I own the garden, and you own whatever you're building with the home right there in that in that spot. Um, and now maybe we can agree to like you know uh, share, and we're going to be okay with that. But the moment conflict arises over maybe maybe one day you know you want to pick too many too many uh, things from my garden, and I say no, uh, even though we both previously agreed to share, my position is that. An agreement to share doesn't mean that I lose my exclusive title to the garden just because I previously agreed we would share this and then I went back on my word. Okay. Um, unless, unless I, I specifically said that if I, so I, I could make it so that I say, yeah, we're both allowed to use this. And if I exclude you from it at any point, then transfer titles to you. Uh, you could make yeah, a sure. funny contract like that. Yes, so absolutely. That's my, that would be my. The kind of thing that um, I'm, that, that I think about is, is um, Lady Jane and I uh, have a, have a prenuptial agreement that talks about property that is 
used for the benefit of the household. Okay. That's one of the things that's in our agreement. And, and, and so to me, it seems then that, um, there's, there's a lot of stuff that we agreed is, 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 is ours in, in air quotes, right? Um, and used for the benefit of the household. So as an example of, of maybe something like that, let's say that, let's say that we, uh, agree to purchase a car and, and we go out and we purchase this car. Okay. That car, I don't believe necessarily that that car has to first pass through, title to that car, has to first pass through one of us as individuals and then become a, 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 uh, not, it's not split title because it's not technically split. It's contingent. We each hold contingent title to the car. Um, I, I don't see why we can't go from, I, I guess in, in the strictest terms, I don't see why we can't go from nature to contingent title between multiple individuals provided that provided that prior to the creation of that title, that was agreed to be what, what was uh, going to happen. Right. So like lady Jane and I agreeing that we're going to go build a homestead that will be ours. Okay. Well, as soon as we go, as soon as the title to that land comes into existence through our act of homesteading, I don't see why it can't be uh, co-owned, oh, okay. contingent know, between the why. two of us, and yes, not ex- and yet still exclusive to the rest of the world. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes. I something clicked for me when you just said that. Okay. Yes. Um, the reason why you can't do that prior is because under a libertarian theory, I, I don't believe you can actually contract for title prior to the title's existence. So prior to homesteading, an agreement that just says um, we're going to make like, for example, this is one of the reasons, at least one of the reasons is like if I if you and I say um, uh, we're going to go out and build that homestead and we're going to like have ownership uh, of this, uh, you you can't I I don't think title transfer works prior to the property actually being uh, having the property in itself, having the actually having a homestead claim in itself. That's one of the reasons. Okay, uh, if that makes sense. Well, um, I mean, it, I'm, I'm, I'm just not satisfied. I think, I, I, I think because I'm what, what I'm sort of imagining is that you have a that all of this kind of happens coincident. Does that make sense? The sense, like you have, uh, you have, uh, uh, we have expressed the intent to one another that we are going to share title to a homestead. We go. And that title springs into existence. I I don't necessarily I think that I, our earlier intent that sh- was shared between one another that that is now that that one of us is the holder of the title before we agree that again that we're uh, co-holding title to it. I, you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, I, I would say that. So I, in the past, I said like intentionality matters in the in to the extent that you were creating that, uh, you know, you were putting something towards a consistent use, right? You're, you're integrating it into your ends. So it's not just like I'm walking down this trail just to walk on it and I'm not claiming ownership of it. I don't think that a, um, a mutual intentionality is actually relevant to property ownership. So that's kind of why I would say it's that, that doesn't, um, confer, uh, like co-ownership as well um, is that I don't think like and saying that 
um, we both want to use this thing or we, we both want to like share in this thing. I still think there is actually an actual owner in that scenario, whether, whether like the two of us uh, think about it or not, if that makes sense. Like the ownership is determined, even if we don't know who it is uh, between us, uh, that there is an owner uh, is I, I think kind of the view. I guess I just don't, I, 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 <clears throat> I'm just not satisfied. I, I just don't, I just don't see, uh, and, and I'm not saying that it's your job to satisfy my curiosity or anything like that or, or, or change my mind. I, I just think we disagree on this, but, but the, and that's fine. But I just, I'm, 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 I'm in a position where I'm thinking about the idea of, but I, um, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm in a position where I'm thinking about the idea of, of this notion. It seems to me that, that, the argument must either be that title is wholly indivisible and, and cannot be um, that that true title cannot be held by more than one person. Right. Which seems to be the position or you that can divide title, but you can't have overlapping title. Well, this is what I'm saying, right? That you can't have oh, okay. multiple people with the same title to a thing. Um, yeah. Or that uh, that that you that you can and that this this then introduces contingencies regarding the other title holder like i i don't and yet is still exclusive with regard to everyone else on planet earth does that make sense yes i i well, i think one of the, i i think one of the reasons is that um in in regards to intentionality right so if uh if if we want to say that well, we're all going to be co-owners because we all agree that um, we're going to use this property for this end and none of us are allowed to use it for a different contradictory end, right? Or something like that. Um, that type of contingent ownership. Um, I, I think libertarian property rights are more, um, how would I say, um, sort of primal in, in a way where it, it's sort of like, uh, you know, we can think that, but it, the, the property right gets generated by the first user of a, uh, the first user who is intentionally using it towards their ends. And it doesn't it doesn't get like conferred to other people in sort of like a um, um, even if there's like a unanimous you want to use it towards that end, if that makes sense. Like there's not, so for example, like there's not a teleological, uh, I don't think there's a teleological, uh, like, um, use case for a property, right. In the sense that this property right exists. Uh, well, let's say pre-contractually, because we can contract out, uh, sure. like a teleological, um, thing, but it, prior to contract, I don't think there's a teleological, like property right where we can say we all own this thing um it, only insofar as <laughs> it's directed towards one end um and in fact there's no point in talking about property rights if we're only talking about like uh if we're only speaking about um things we uh already agree on for the prior not, not the agree on, but there's no point in talking about property rights if we're not talking about conflict like if it was impossible for conflict to occur there'd be no use to even think of property rights 
Right. So, mm-hmm. um, in, in the case of like, we're all going to use this thing towards its directed end. I I don't even think it's necessary to call that a property right. You just agree. You're just agreeing to use the resource towards this end. Okay. All right. Hmm. No, that makes it makes sense that functionally, right? It makes sense that functionally there's no distinction. If you're if you're talking about uh, to your point, if you're talking about an agreement to utilize a resource in a particular way, um and there is no conflict there then yeah there's no no problem at all right there's no there's no the, the the property right would not come into question right right um but right. i still think conflict, i i still think with, it has to exist though oh no no the property right i'm not saying the property right doesn't exist but i'm, sure. I'm saying that if there is a conflict we award it to the first user uh, of the first user who had an intentional like the first person to intentionally like be like I'm going to use this resource um um that person specifically uh who like laid down a claim that would be the first user uh or he would be the actual property owner um and not the others um, because I don't think I don't think merely saying merely being in agreement saying we're all going to use this towards the same end is what determines who the owner is. Okay, it, it, it's, oh, it's right. only determined by the first user. Okay, it it, it it just seems to me that like as an example to return to the car example, if my if my wife and I go sure. out to buy a car and and we have a. a sort of standing agreement. One of my pens just leaked all over me. We have a sort of standing agreement that, because I mess with pen caps, what I'm thinking. Um, we have a standing agreement that, that we go to, we, you know, things that are put to use for the, the, the benefit of the household are, are co-owned, right? So we go out to buy this car, we buy this car. Um, with money that is co-owned, right? We, 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 we do these things. Okay. If that supposedly transfers title to the two of us on a contingent basis, the contingency being that the relationship continues, um, because the the only reason to have that agreement is if you do have to divide things later. If we if we uh, both hold this contingent title as to one another and exclusive title as to everyone else on the planet Earth, is that transfer of title? And this is something that really concerns me about this thought process. That transfer of title could be called illegitimate. Because neither of us, myself or my wife, agreed to take exclusive title as to one another. And so the argument could be made that title reverts back to the car dealer. In the event that we were to... Uh, separate, right? Oh, okay. So, are you talking about the the title would revert the like the moment you purchased it, or in the event of a separation? Well, more like the the title would um that that or proper title paid. the the sort of ethereal thing called proper title would still yeah. be with the car owner because it was not a legitimate transfer of title because. He, in transferring title to us, 
would have had to been making an impossible transaction. The, that that title would have to have been contingent. Uh, okay. Does okay. that make sense? Yes. Um, hmm. And I just don't think that follows. I, I, don't, I don't think it necessarily oh, follows. I, I, think, I, think we also have to, I think we also have to make a distinction between what is considered legal title right now and what we as libertarians would consider. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking title. just entirely in libertarian theory land. The legality of the transaction is totally fine. I mean, I mean, in, okay, in, yeah. yeah. My my point is that even if legally speaking, he contracted it to the two of you, even in a legal sense right now, like current legal status. Um, I think this is kind of wonky, uh, but I think this is kind of how libertarianism would kind of sort of adjudicate this is that um, you would get the title if you were the one to make the purchase. Unless you were specifically ba- unless you were specifically giving the like buying it as a gift. Well, this is this is when the problem starts to starts to creep in because we did together mm-hmm. and with money that we agree we both own. What do you mean you did it together exactly? We're uh, both there. We're both there making the transaction. It's being drawn from a bank account. We're both on. We both agree that we own that money together, and are both there actively making the deal. Yeah, so I, I think this would still be probably adjudicated uh, by uh, in libertarian, or at least this view of libertarianism, uh, probably by the one who actually like made the purchase specifically. And I think the uh, like, so let's say there's two party, right? In, like in whoever, case, right? like whoever wrote the check is yes, okay. because the other person is essentially lending you money. Is how this would be viewed uh, to make the purchase. Um, but they're not actually buying the title to it, but yes. they're giving you money to make the purchase. It's essentially kind of how I think a libertarian uh, or this type of libertarian um, theory would adjudicate it. Okay. I can under, I can understand that. It just feels, it just feels a little tortured. Do you know what I mean? It's it certainly, it can be very in the weeds because it's obviously kind of different from how things uh, run now. Right. Ostensibly. Uh, so yeah, I, I can certainly see why it's like, uh, sort of like, you know, um, maybe counterintuitive to how we view this primarily. Yeah. yeah. I know I, I get that. And anyway, I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying, I, I don't mean to say that you're wrong, uh, cause I'm not no, no, actually yeah. sure, but, but I yeah. just, my, I just, it's just to say that my no, perception I, I, of the idea of co-ownership of title is much more liberal you can than that. Actually, if he wanted to like defend his position, that would specifically. be that would be actually really interesting. Uh, yeah, because I, I, I used to I used to hold uh, the theory, the belief that you could, and uh, I, I sort of have been convinced by Zulu's argument. But uh, yeah, we can we can totally like ask him to come on and okay. uh, defend that view. Um, I am going to. This is four hours and thirty minutes long. Here's what I'm going to do. I am going to cut. All the way to where we talk about co-ownership, and I'm going to release that as a standalone piece of audio. Okay. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's all about this discussion. Just this discussion cut into its own chunk of audio, so that it's yeah. it's technically in two parts. 
Okay. <laughs> because it's we really got deep on this and and I don't want it to be the kind of thing where it's it's the last half of a whole episode and people are like, Ugh, I want to be My able to inten- but, people uh, to turn out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want people to intentionally press play on it and know this is what they're in for. So I'm going okay, to yeah. let's record an outro for the first part and I just won't cut it off of this part, but I'll I'll copy it onto the first part. <laughs> okay. Because this is a very long piece of audio, and and I don't want people to feel like they they just got dropped into the jungles of Vietnam. No, for sure. (laughs) No, for sure, yeah. All right. Um, So do you have any any plugs, anything like that you want to talk about? Nope, I'm good. All right. Uh, Pacing Joe Scott on Twitter, J-O-U-S-K-A. And uh, 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 on Blue Sky as well, uh, Pacing Joe Scott on Blue Sky on social. Um, the show T E T C dot show on blue sky at T E T C show on Twitter. And, uh, goodness gracious. Thank you. Thank you for, if, if you're listening to this at the end of the, of the episode below this, um, once. yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, thank you so much for listening. If you're listening to this at the end of this one, thank you so much for listening. And if you're listening Aren't to this, good. yes. And if you're listening to this at the end of both, uh, good God. What are you what are you thinking? <laughs> Later guys. <laughs> Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of the End Times Continue. For links and other information, come see us at TETC.show.